Welcome to the Learning Scientist Podcast, a podcast for teachers, students, and parents about evidence-based practice and learning. This podcast is funded by listeners like you through Patreon. We want to thank all of our donors. We would not be able to produce this podcast or maintain the free resources like the blog, the videos, the downloadable posters on our website without you. So if you can, please consider supporting us at www.patreon.com slash learning scientists. We post videos each month for those who donate at least $5 or more. Hello, and welcome to the Learning Scientist podcast. It's December and almost time to get some time off and recharge before the next year rolls on. My name is Dr. Carolina Kubertetzel, and I'm a lecturer in psychology at the University of Glasgow. About nine months ago, our world as we know it was turned upside down. We found ourselves in the middle of a global pandemic that is still ongoing. In the past months, lecturers and teachers around the globe have created content and opportunities for online teaching and learning. While there is a relative abundance of information out there that captures the teacher's or lecturer's view on online teaching, I personally felt that the student views on this topic has not been explored sufficiently. So that's why for today's podcast episode, I have invited two students studying at the University of Glasgow to share their perspectives on online teaching and learning. So I would like to welcome Alicia Turek and Ellie Brownlee. So can you introduce yourselves and tell us what you're studying and um, what year you're studying in? Hello, um, I'm Alicia Turek and I'm in my second year studying psychology and philosophy. And I'm Ellie Brownlee and I'm a third year psychology student uh, yeah, at the University of Glasgow too. Thank you. And thank you so much for coming on to this podcast episode and for sharing your views. With a global pandemic going on, we live in challenging times that require us to rethink how we approach different aspects in our lives, including teaching and learning. Both of you study psychology at the University of Glasgow and as such have experienced a full semester of online teaching. So what are positive aspects of online teaching? What is working, maybe surprisingly and unexpectedly well? I felt that I've engaged with teaching material more readily than I have done in past years. And I think this is partly because I'm dyslexic and the online format has been more accessible for me in a number of ways. I found that I've concentrated better listening to online lectures in my own environment and when I can fidget uh, fidget more behind the camera than I would do in live lectures. I also found that because the courses is, courses are structured with bite-sized activities, I can also pace myself better with the courses. I don't have as much catching up to do with work because I also co absorb more content from week to week. I've spoken to others about this as well. And they found that this is also the case in some ways because they felt that because the material has been delivered and assessed in d different ways, it's allowed them to explore content at, in a different way as well. In general, I'm also enjoying having assignments for assessments, and I'm looking forward to having 24 hours exams. I've always been worried about time-limited written exams, because even with extra time, 
I had difficulty expressing my full understanding without having time to consider my answers and breathe and take much needed occasional brain breaks. So yeah, I hope for most people, not having the usual exam conditions will help us better express our understanding and also just make the whole exam period a bit less stressful. That's really interesting. Just one thing about 24-hour exams. What is it actually? What does it mean? How does it work? Can you give a short um, introduction of what that is? So we get, we'll get a question uh, released onto the online platform at a certain time. And then we've got 24 hours in order to submit an answer to that question, or at least that's how the, the 24-hour exams are running in psychology. So that means that because it's 24 hours, you have to submit it. It doesn't matter which time zone you're in, you can submit it at any time within those 24 hours. And it also doesn't matter if you have to go away and take uh, do other things in the middle of answering the question, as long as it as long as it's submitted in the 24 hours. I think it's also handy that they're open book because we can go consult our notes and it's more reflective of the way that I, I feel it's more reflective of the way that psychologists would work anyway being able to consult other stuff and make sure that what we're actually putting down is factual and using citations properly yeah so, and understanding probably the understanding of the actual concept and how they connect um, to each yeah, other yeah so Alicia what are positive F, um, aspects that you have discovered or identified with online teaching? For me the most obvious positive aspect has been that with there being an online chat box option with online teaching I feel as though there's more dialogue between students and teachers or lecturers it seems far easier to ask questions and have discussions with lecturers when all you have to do is type out your message and press send rather than hold up your hand in a lecture hall um, but one strangely nice consequence I found of online teaching is that seeing the home environment of our lecturers or peers reassures me and I guess other students that all these people are incredibly similar to me and probably going through very similar life changes. So it's far easier to relate to them when I see this small chunk of their personal life. And I guess mm -hmm. you could get a sense of this prior to online learning if a lecturer shared a picture of their cat at home on a lecture slide. So I guess in an, um, well, with online teaching in quite an ironic way, given its distance learning, it's increased intimacy between staff and students. And I think that's really good because there's far more trust. And I don't think students still see lecturers as these really daunting figures that give us grades, which determine the success of our future. Um, or at least they don't believe this to the same degree. It's really interesting. I'm actually one of those lecturers with a cat. Um, <laughs> and, that, <laughs> and I regularly show my cat in, um, on camera during lectures mm. um, or, or, or labs. So it's really nice to hear that remote studying has had some benefits that maybe we all were not really aware of before. It sounds like some of these aspects could be introduced to face-to-face -to -face teaching in the future too. So obviously, any changes, however, in how teaching is delivered um, always comes with challenges too. So let's talk a bit about these challenges. What do you feel are the biggest challenges with remote learning and teaching? Well, because online teaching is very new to most universities, I think inexperience has thrown up a few problems. I think time management being the biggest one. Um, because students were flung into a very different teaching format, there was no time for us really to understand how our days would fun function. For instance, how long it would take us to navigate online work and complete it, 
and how then we would incorporate our much needed exercise, hobbies, and socializing, and so on. Um, from my own experience and from what I've heard, managing the workload in this unfamiliar format of not leaving our home environment and not getting at least some fresh air when walking to lectures um, probably has one of has been one of the most detrimental things for mental health. Um, also, the inexperience of staff and students within the technology. But I don't think the flaw lies in online teaching itself, but rather I think the period of adjustment from doing in-person teaching to online is very long and students are still trying to understand how to work with it and um, what works best for them. But I think all this was underestimated by universities and perhaps too much was put onto students too fast. Yeah, I'd say like Alicia said, time management was tricky too, as it was, it's very easy to spend hours in front of the computer, given that we're all working and socialising online and working in the same place that we relax. Uh, Zoom fatigue is definitely real and uh, the physical impact of being online and staying in the same place so much shouldn't be forgotten. I agree as well that the adjustment was very intense. The information we needed seemed to be out there, but was maybe delivered in a new way or not where we expected it to be. And when it's just yourself sitting behind a computer, you can't really help but feel a little bit overwhelmed by all this new information. Between the students I've asked about the challenges of online teaching, most consistently, I think people have noted social isolation as being one of the biggest. In Glasgow, I'm still really grateful to have the chance to meet up with friends occasionally for coffee, but I miss chatting with and bumping into friends and staff around the campus. From a learning perspective, I think I've also noticed that not having the usual chat about our course has meant that I've occasionally found out about information, including deadlines later than I usually would have otherwise. Mm -hmm. I think the distance also makes it more difficult to reach out for help. I mean, there's still plenty of channels for us to do so, but it's not the same as turning to someone that you've seen or spoken to recently. We've done really well to have like virtual, small virtual study groups to combat social isolation. And some of these are built into our courses. And I guess staff and students both have been really great at being helping hands virtually. But I'm not sure that there's any virtual intervention that can really, really replicate uh, in-person community. It's also really important to acknowledge that some, for some students, their living and now learning environments were challenging anyway. And for a lot of us, many of our offline responsibilities have continued. So it's really important to consider, well, for educators to consider that none of us are sol solely students and no two of us are experienced or challenged by all this in the same way. Yeah, that's that's pretty pretty good point. So um, we're going to talk about um, social isolation and community building in a bit. But one thing that I picked up um, from what both of you said is um, challenges when it comes to time management or organization. So what do you feel can lecturers, teachers um, do to support students to overcome these time management and organization challenges? And really, as a follow-up question, what are concrete changes that you as students, that you as a student introduced in your study routine to mediate these challenges? Um, so I guess from what lecturers can do, I think lecturers firstly need to be very clear about where they post information, what format and um, what students should check at any given time. We've been given weekly checklists in some of our courses in psychology, which has been really great knowing that you're completing what you need to. But maybe, but I guess maybe having one of these at the start of the semester produced by as a collaboration by staff across all our courses would have been a really handy startup guide before we got into content. I've also really appreciated lecturers taking feedback 
and or being flexible with deadlines or directly asking about the class's preferences on stuff. I think the two-way dynamic conversation is still really important. So having the opportunity for conversation with lecturers is also very valuable, it's, whether it be through a pre-recorded lecture watch party or a Q&A session. Um, I think lecturers can also support students by allowing for social interaction within the course design. I hadn't, actually, I hadn't engaged much with uh, study groups before this year, but I found that they've been essential for combating social isolation as much as anything else. With ours, we we work through directed learning tasks where we can co-construct an answer together or we check each other's homework. And this is this has been really good educationally, but also being with a group that we're familiar with has also been really nice so that we can discuss each other's lives and each other's work in the meantime. Uh, some might argue that we could do this outside or alongside our courses, but it's there's a lot that can be said for fostering community within education, especially as psychology can't really be done without people and science really requires discussion. As to what I've done, one thing that I've learned is to quickly, well, well I learned quickly that I had to minimise the distractions around me while I was working online especially internet notifications, which I found would interrupt my train of thought. So I've, I've tended to block these completely and use a web page blocker to block social media sites or sites that I would get distracted by while I was working. I also have an old-fashioned physical diary, which I use to help remember dates and times, but also prioritized life stuff, like my physical and mental health or planning to meet up with friends yeah that's it's really good so yeah i i myself use um blockers um for when i have to do focused work so that i'm not distracted by any incoming notifications and i'm also a big fan of old-fashioned just uh, pen pen to paper um notebooks yeah. what about you alicia um, well, I also think putting less emphasis on the need for students to be independent and self-reliant is probably a necessary thing for lecturers to do, especially at this time. For as long as students at least are still learning how to lead a healthy lifestyle while doing online learning. Um, for instance, by being as clear as possible of what is expected from students and what they can do and should do to work to their best ability um, and providing, for example, an example of what a weekly routine could look like and maybe even how long a task should take could be very useful. Um, and my own ways to try to resolve these issues have been similar to what Ali mentioned. I found, I found joining study groups to be very useful um, since it means that I don't have to rely on my knowledge alone to get through the year. I have a whole group of similar students where we can discuss our expectations for the task and course as a whole. I find that um, I find myself more productive after having these types of discussions because it gives me reassurance that I haven't misunderstood content or instructions. So I have this kind of adrenaline to do all the work rather than feel lost in some way. I think um, very, very interesting points were raised here. And I, one, one point that I would like to emphasize is that it is a two-way street. So lecturers and teachers can only scaffold and provide support to a certain degree. But then students need to meet halfway and take initiative too. And I think it's really nice that um, to realize that and to actually work together. So to create a learning experience that is good um, together. Now, thinking about your personal experience this semester, what are tools or activities that were put in place by your lecturers this semester 
that have been most successful for your learning? Um, I think Elio mentioned this briefly already, but progress trackers I found to be amazing. They're a new feature on the psychology course, and I think it's a great example of the type of support I was talking about just a moment before. It straightforwardly gives me the basics of what lectures expect of me per week, so I guess the future. And I can try build a stable, somewhat stable, healthy lifestyle around it rather than changing what I do per week and finding myself lost some days as to what I should do and what's expected of me. I also think including short activities to complete during lectures are very useful in reinforcing any information and feeling as though you haven't maybe got lost of the abundance of information that's available to you and you know the necessities. And I guess because these tasks aren't graded, the activities that are provided in a lecture, there isn't really a pressure and we can happily make mistakes and consolidate our learning and understanding of what's expected of us in the course by doing so. And because we can see the anonymous responses of other students, it can even be reassuring to see that other students are also making mistakes and maybe misunderstanding things. And because of this, it can create quite interesting discussions with the, within peer groups um, and we can learn in a more social way which is nice to, con- I mean, I guess it's a nice contrast to the isolation we tend to face with online learning. And what you're saying as well is that, you know, using quizzing, um, discussion questions and uh, requiring students to retrieve um, details, information from memory during class is not only an activity that is engaging, but also, as we know from research, is something that is very beneficial for retention of knowledge. So mm-hmm. that's that's really good if this included. So you mentioned um, the progress trackers. Can you just give um, our audience a bit more detail what those are um, so that they have an understanding um, what it actually is? Mm-hmm. Well, I guess... Yeah, like Ali mentioned, it's, it looks a bit like a checklist. <clears throat> Sorry. And per week, obviously, it changes depending on what, I guess, what deadlines you have coming, what activities you should complete. It's it's a very good way of trying to stay on top of things. You know, for example, it will be as simple as you watching the lecture that was presented on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and so on, and just taking that off, I guess, mm-hmm. keeping a mental note and physical note of you know that you're completing what you need and feeling productive in some way and it's also useful for very very important deadlines because I guess it's just (laughs) staring right there and just right there staring at you reminding you that Mm. you've got something to do and because you can see what's expected of you in the future you can prepare now so that when it comes to the deadline in three weeks time you don't feel rushed in any way so it's just a very Mm -hmm. detailed checklist really. Ali, is there anything you want to add in regard to the activities um, that you have appreciated this semester? Yeah, I think very similar to what Alicia said, like having different activities that help us consolidate our understanding have been very helpful. In my courses, what this has looked like is writing tasks as part of our courses each week. And they've they've been new to this semester and very useful. Uh, For one of our assessments for social psychology, we've been writing debate pieces based on sections of our course, which we then will compile into a portfolio for our final assessment. They're all posted into an online forum. So we also, as part of the assessment, have to write replies to other students with further evidence and kind of have a discussion about it. I think this is really great exercise for demonstrating our learning but the questions are also broad enough for us to develop a line of our own interests which has been very interesting to read other students interests in these subjects i think they've also they also make us consider how to write concisely about 
um, and answer questions in psychology concisely because we've only got 600 words with which to write our debate pieces and we also have to acknowledge the limitations of our knowledge and our answers in the replies. I, uh, yeah, I suppose I just generally like being assessed in different ways and mm-hmm. building those assessments throughout the courses. That's pretty important as well when it comes to actually having an enriched learning experience, right? To have different ways to access um, that knowledge and to apply that knowledge to different contexts and in different ways. So you already mentioned this, uh, both of you, um, when we're talking about positive and maybe challenging aspects of online teaching. And really one aspect of online teaching that we as lecturers have identified as important but really challenging to achieve is finding ways to create the feeling of belonging and community among students. Can you share community building activities that have been offered to you and tell us what you like about them. Are there other activities that you could suggest to lecturers or other students uh, to engage with? Uh, so one thing is that we had a really fun department Zoom quiz between staff and students a couple of weeks back, and that, that, that was really great for us all to have a laugh with each other. Also, pumpkins became a very big social factor in our department over Halloween. <laughs> The Psychology Society did like a virtual pumpkin carving and there was the hashtag great psych pumpkin battle as well that was between academic pumpkins from different departments in different universities and uh, and across continents, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so it was all really good. Uh, I think a lot of student societies have done really well to move their activities online too. And I really have to give a big shout out to... Glasgow University Psychology Society for managing to put on virtual academic talks, social events, and even starting a psychology families program for older students to adopt freshers. I I guess I'd say overall to staff and students, it's really great to have a bit of fun with each other. And it's still important to acknowledge that we're all humans living through a very difficult time. So Anything you can do to keep friendly and personal conversations going is a really great start to building a virtual community. I think that um, the Psychology Society seems to have been very active. I've seen that it's run a few talks and some of them even seem to be very engaged. Well, all of them seem to be engaging, but some seem to be particularly humorous. I think there was a lecture about the psychology of swearing, which is something not what you would normally learn about in lectures, I suppose. Um, and because of that, it creates a really nice, pleasurable setting for staff and students. I suppose it's slightly less formal. Um, and also there are frequent discussions between staff and students regarding film and series recommendations. And before a lecture, in psychology anyway, um, lecturers will play some music. And so once again, this very small, appropriate snippet into a person's personal life is a really nice way, I think, of creating friendly ties. And again, it reminds you that everyone involved in this global situation is human and sympathetic about what is going, what you are going through and what other people are going through. Um, and I think given the amount of effort I have seen staff put into creating a virtual community, I struggle to offer a suggestion about activities. But I think I just think that the events that are being held should be maintained throughout the year, whether they're weekly office hours or elaborate, elaborate quizzes. And although this isn't an activity suggestion directly, I guess it's really important to brainstorm ways in which engagement in these social events can be increased. Because I know from my own experience, I struggle to find the time to engage in social events, especially once I've been looking at a computer screen all day learning. It's hard to then motivate myself to engage in an online Zoom quiz, even if it's fun. Um, 
So maybe more can be done to entice students to join because without many students joining into community building activities, there of course won't be a strong feeling of community. If you had one tip for lecturers and one tip for your peer students for a successful on online learning and teaching experience, what would they be? I think um, I would advise lecturers to simply reflect on what resources or teaching formats they would need or what attitudes they would want their lectures to have if they were students again and going through a global pandemic and doing online learning. I think some creative ideas would come to mind because you're taking a very personal perspective on it. I suppose staff are struggling just as much, but if you try and place yourself in the position of the student, I think the new refreshing perspective could be very helpful. And I think I would encourage students to figure out where their priorities lie and not become obsessive over the idea of staying on top of everything, um, since it's very hard to stand up when everything around us is constantly changing. One thing I would like to add here is that even though um, it seems often that things seem to run smooth and so on, from a staff and lecturer perspective, um, yeah, we are struggling as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it Definitely. is something where... <laughs> Definitely, you know, it is a challenge uh, for all of us as as a whole. And that's why um, I think it's really important to 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 know and to realize that online teaching and learning, particularly if you have not been used to doing it before, is a team effort mm -hmm. and the team includes staff and students. Yeah. <laughs> What else is there, um, Ellie? Yeah. Um, any further tips and um, for lecturers and peers? Well, my point was actually for lecturers was going to be, but yeah, we are. We we all know that you guys are working really hard, and we really appreciate the effort that you've been putting in to uh, make this work for us. But we realize it's also a learning curve too. So I guess mm -hmm. my tip is like it's okay for something to not work or for you guys to need to change something. Just try and be transparent with us and direct with us. And if you can, keep us in the conversation and ask about our preferences too. So that would be my tip to lecturers. Oh, I guess also show your pet because <laughs> that we love pets. You'll be our favorite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, students, I'd say it's ask for help and help for help each other as well i my my course has been very good at like responding to questions that we've put onto the group chat for each other or onto teams um so it's not it's not just been lecturers helping other students out it's been students helping each other out i mm -hmm. think honestly there's been moments that it's felt like just ourselves panicking like just me panicking when actually it's been all all the class panicking but it's really hard because we can't see each other so it's just really okay to say that we're you're overwhelmed because there's a lot going on at the moment but mm -hmm. we're all in this together and mm -hmm. um, yeah so that would be my tips so if you could turn back time what is the one thing you would have done differently before the start of the semester I guess I'd say make sure to set up regular times to catch up with people Go to go to student uh, student office hours for staff members. Honestly, just to say hi, and don't just wait for work calls to socialize with people. But might mm -hmm. plan out time in order to socialize because it's, it's harder when you're not just chatting with people in lectures from week to, week to week. Similarly, I wish I had dedicated simply just dedicated some time each day to talk to someone or to at least pursue my hobbies some more without feeling guilty that I should be working. I feel. 
it's just it work is important but it's just as important to be happy because if you're not happy you're more likely not going to be very productive and you won't really get the work done that you're stressing so much about so it's really important to find that balance balance and it is hard but just dedicating a short period of time would have helped a lot I think yeah I feel that I don't know what it was is maybe because it was new technology uh, new setup new ways to communicate to students but it was kind of a lot in the very beginning, like the first, I would say, two to three weeks. Mm-hmm. And I felt that in the beginning, uh, because it was new for, for everyone, um, I think one thing that I personally would have had changed is to provide students with a bit more um, scaffolding and help in how the different platform uh, platform um, forms work. Because really, it is. Um, I assume that everyone would find this intuitive like how for example zoom works or how to find information on moodle or how teams work but it's not it's not at all right um and i think um to have more instructions in the beginning would have helped because what i see now like as the semester is uh, ending pretty much you see that now students are much more focused on the actual content right mm-hmm. because they can they can now concentrate and focus on that because they don't have to worry about how Zoom works and how it makes the technology work. So I think that's something that I would probably uh, have done differently, really. That that was the podcast. I would like to thank Alicia and Ali again for joining um, this episode today and for sharing their thoughts, ideas and the many tips. I'm really sure that students and lecturers alike will appreciate your insights. And I wish you all the best uh, for the upcoming semester. But for now, I wish you good luck at your exams. And then <laughs> I hope to, I hope you have time to enjoy your holiday break. <laughs> thank you very much for having me on the podcast. Yeah, thank you very much. And I wish everybody the best of luck. Okay, I wish you all, uh, all uh, everyone listening to the podcast, a uh, relaxing holiday break. Stay safe, and until next time. This episode is funded by listeners like you. To support our work and gain access to exclusive content, visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash learningscientists.